0: This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit Studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com.
1: It's The Undercover, bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast
2: Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner,
1: Brad, Marv, and Jimmy.
3: That's kind of a monumental number. And a big week, the eclipse. Everybody went out and watched that since our last show? No. 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 The eclipse happened before Before our last last show. show. It happened on Monday. Yeah. Of last week, did we cover week? it? Did we cover yeah. It? Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Brad. That's how much I'm into the Mayweather-McGregor stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, we're going to lead the show with uh, the Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight. We're going to recap it, talk about judging issues, talk about the stoppage, just talk about streaming issues, which unfortunately happened a lot. Happened a lot. And then we're going go,
4: go to go go to go to
3: task with uh, Fox Sports uh, reporter Skip Bayless. Who? Well, Skip Bayless. Who? Um, Skip Bayless. Who? Skip Bayless. Who? Don't make me keep saying his name. He likes first. that.
1: No, I'm just saying who because he really doesn't matter.
3: I know, but he says stuff for effect and it just pisses me off. Yeah,
1: okay, but you all you have to remember is uh, who does he work for?
3: Uh Fox Sports. Yeah.
1: All you have to do is say that and nothing that comes out of his mouth should oh, yeah. ever be should ever be listened to. He
3: was annoying when he was with ESPN before Fox Sports but uh
1: Well that's probably why Fox up. picked him up because they're like, oh, we oh. like that guy.
3: He says absolutely nothing that's real. No, ESPN okay. was having money problems. I think they're still having money problems, but uh yeah, so Mo
5: money, mo problems. <laughs> more
3: money, more <laughs> pro- no money, mo- no problem, <laughs> yeah. CSP. And I don't think their their marriage with Disney has been working out. So we're just going to go uh, really quickly and recap the fight. Um, Jimmy, oh, yeah. jump, jump in when you want. Rochelle, okay. jump in when you want. Uh, these are just thoughts I had watching it. One, I thought it was really cool during the whole telecast we didn't see Dana White. <laughs> I honest to God I agree. thought at one time he would get in the ring, do something, yeah. Uh, he was part of the press, uh, post press conference. Yeah. But he had no part of the pay per view whatsoever. Yeah, so, that was good. So that's a thumbs up to Showtime.
1: Yeah.
5: No, my favorite is they refused the Kardashians.
3: Yeah. Yeah I, I heard, yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah. So uh, Mayweather looked amazingly relaxed as Robert uh, Bird, the referee, was. Um, reading the instructions. I thought Conor looked... I thought he looked nervous. I thought he looked out of his element. No,
1: I think he just looked focused.
3: Focused compared to Mayweather blowing kisses or doing whatever he was doing and relaxing just showed that Mayweather was a little bit relaxed, I thought. Uh, Round one, I had it very boring. Uh, No one was throwing punches in that, but who did throw more punches was McGregor, so I gave the Mm -hmm. round 10-9 to McGregor. Round two, McGregor uh, McGregor's promise of knocking him out in the first round had already passed, passed right? And he wasn't really doing damage to Mayweather. They were re- they were really just tapping tapping punches. But when May- when Floyd Mayweather's not throwing anything, McGregor yeah. wins that round. Right. So ten nine again uh, for McGregor. Uh, round three. That's when the hammer fist started to become an issue in which McGregor was starting to, when he had Floyd's head down, uh, would throw hammer fist. He was warned by Robert Byrd. In retrospect, I thought at the time Robert Byrd at some point in the fight should have taken a point away. But I'm now I'm glad he didn't because we know how the outcome ended. But there's another round for McGregor because Mayweather, well, once really again, much. yep, so 10-9. Uh, round four was when Mayweather picked up the pace and started actually, uh, doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. I had motioned or I had talked to Jimmy and I said, I thought he was gassed in the third round. I really do think McGregor gassed in the third round. Uh, I,
1: I still, I, I rewatched the fight and I still don't agree. I don't agree. It wasn't until the later rounds that he got gassed. M- McGregor fights with his mouth open. that's just how he fights. He fights that way in the UFC. he fights that way, you know, in the thing he was not he was not gassed.
3: Uh, but the picking up the pace of that gave uh, Mayweather the 10 nine round so mm-hmm. it's first round that I gave him. Um, once again, these are just observations for big fights. I like to just go through it. Um, basically, in round five, it was uh, McGregor tying up Mayweather more, and who was controlling in the middle of the ring was Mayweather. Mayweather was actually walking down Connor, and Connor was backing up something that Mayweather said he was going to do. He said mm-hmm. he was going to come forward, and Connor was running away almost like in the Diaz fight to get away. But round five, it uh, Mayweather ten, Connor nine. Round six, another Mayweather round 10-9. Round seven, another Mayweather round, ten, nine. Both fighters said it would not go the distance and at that point I'm thinking everybody said it because of pay per view sales, because you remember everyone everyone was getting a percentage of the pay per view sales, so they're gonna say something crazy like that to get people to buy it. Uh, a win a win is a win, but they're both saying it won't go the distance in the, the prep because they want more pay per view sales. Mm-hmm. They're getting a percent of it. Round eight I gave back to McGregor uh just for whatever he I was, observed in he, that
1: round. Uh, in in round eight he was uh Mayweather was coming forward and uh McGregor was hitting him with a lot of counter punches. So Mayweather was more aggressive, but uh McGregor did a lot more in that round and that was the round that he got gassed on. He was he was doing too much. He was in the deep waters. He hadn't been that far before, uh, especially not in a boxing match. Um, and it, it just really he was able to to do the counter punches, but it gassed him. It took him out.
3: Right. Uh, round nine, I gave Mayweather ten, and I gave McGregor eight. At this point, McGregor isn't doing anything. No. Uh Mayweather's boxing reputation's on the line and he's looking to finish it. Yep. It looked like he could almost finish it in round nine. And then in round ten Stay by the bell. Yeah. Round ten at the exactly the one oh five mark. Uh, Robert Byrd had seen enough. Yep. Uh it's sighting finish, not because it was a great boxing match, but because Mayweather you know, he's throwing the right, the lead right, and every time it's connecting with McGregor, and yeah. it looks like McGregor's going to go down. Yeah. Um, and he was out on his feet. Yeah, and that's the end of the fight. Yeah. Some post uh, post fight uh, quotes. Connor said that uh, Mayweather wasn't fast. He had no power. He was just more composed. Um, and then Mayweather came out and said that he owed fans because of the Pacquiao fight. He felt yeah. like that. Uh, he had let down his fans during the Pacquiao fight, mm-hmm. and he wanted to come forward. And to, to the credit of Mayweather, he actually did do exactly what he was going to say. Yeah. Um, I don't know who said this, but this is not my quote. But uh, it might have been Showtime, but Mayweather had picked the right dance partner to dance with for the 50th win knowing that there was nothing that McGregor, uh, McGregor could do to him and that it was like an easy 50 win for him once he started to turn it on because he never did hurt Mayweather at all in the earlier rounds even um, when they say, even when they said he did he they, they he didn't and,
1: uh, died. I disagree. There were a couple of times when uh, in the earlier rounds when McGregor threw a counterpunch and caught uh, caught Mayweather right underneath the chin or on the chin with a like an uppercut or whatever and for a split second you can see it. He hurt Mayweather. He really did. The, the and that's why I think Mayweather was so slow to turn it on and why he waited to the fourth because by the cuz Conor, when he was hitting him with those shots in the first three rounds, was doing damage. And it was... You could see it was catching Mayweather off guard, but then Conor started to slow down. And when he started to slow down is when Mayweather felt confident enough that he could start walking him down, start getting in a little bit more. But if uh, McGregor had uh, kept that power that he had in those first three rounds, I think it would have been a whole different fight. But he got... He he just couldn't do it. He couldn't sustain it.
3: Right. Uh, Some post game quotes or post fight quotes. Post game post fight quotes from uh, Conor McGregor. He said he turned him into Mexican. He fought like (laughs) a Mexican. Uh, He said he was fatigued. That it was fair play. He was gracious for the chance. Uh, As for talking about the loss, he he said he has been here before. He's gonna. It's gonna be easy for him to let it go. in that it's just another day for him, you yeah. know, that he's going to be back. So, you know what, Connor was once again gracious in losing. Uh, you know, he talked a little bit about the stoppage, but we do know now that Robert Byrd said that you got a kid back home. There's no need to take any further damage. Right,
1: and now, and that's the thing is, uh, you know, McGregor said in the, the post-fight interview that uh, he was really, he didn't expect them to call it until he was down on the mat. And and so that's why he was a little bit surprised that they called it when he was still standing up. Well, that's you got to remember.
3: Well, yeah, walk, watch some boxing. Well, I was box. going to say,
1: you've got to remember, too, Connor, that you
3: didn't throw what, a bunch.
1: what you're – Well, not only that, because but – Because he's listening. Yeah, I know. I'm just <laughs> saying. But to To anybody also who is listening, and I know – you know, there might be a few people out there who are listening that I know who you are that uh, who said that, you know, it was called early. It wasn't called early. He was out on his feet. He wasn't defending himself. And no, he did not get down, knocked down on the mat because you can take a lot more hits with boxing gloves before it knocks you down than you can with MMA gloves. An MMA glove, if you get hit hard enough, you're going to go down because of the the, the blackout response. But you're taking more brain damage by getting hit multiple times with a boxing glove than you would with an MMA glove.
3: Right. Uh, Connor did say that th- this was a game changer, and then that makes you wonder if the UFC even has enough money to keep him around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because, I
3: mean, he-, he made so much $30
1: million, money. they're guesstimating he's going to triple that with all the pay-per-view, pay-per-view views.
3: Have you ever seen the movie The Gambler? A uh, long time ago, yeah. No, not no, no, no that not one. the original one. The one with uh, Mark, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and John Goodman.
1: It's just a couple years old. I don't say. I don't think I have that.
3: There's a great line in which uh, you know what? I should pull it up just because it applies to the UFC and. Uh,
1: well, I'll see if I can pull it up. What's it? The uh, gambler.
3: Yeah. Type in the gambler. Okay. Mark Wahlberg and fuck you money. Mark.
5: Wahlberg. W H L. I know. W-
3: because this is exactly H- the position Connor is w- in right now with the UFC.
1: You money. All right, let me see if this pulls up.
3: Oh, it will pull up. All it's right, a great speech. On. It's a great speech by John Goodman. Okay. And this uh, is exactly now Connor talking to Dana. anytime Dana ever calls anymore.
1: All right. Um, I'm going go to go with. I'm going to go with minute rented, one. So let's see what this does.
0: You get up $2.5 million, any asshole in the world knows what to do. You get a house with a 25-year roof, an indestructible Jap economy shitbox. You put the rest into the system of 3 to 5% to pay your taxes, and that's your base. Get me? That's your fortress of fucking solitude. That puts you for the rest of your life at a level of fuck you. Somebody wants you to do something, fuck you. Boss pisses you off, fuck you. Own your house, have a couple bucks in the bank, don't drink That's all I have to say to anybody at any social level. Did your grandfather take risks? Yes. I guarantee he did it from a position of fuck you. A wise man's life is based around fuck you. The United States of America is based on fuck you. You're a king. You have an army. Greatest navy in the history of the world. Fuck you. Blow me. (laughs) Fuck it up ourselves. Which we have done. Beautiful fuck you position. Lost forever. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway,
3: pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, that's the position now that Connor yeah. is forever in with the UFC. Oh, absolutely. That is the position
5: you want to be in in any situation. Right.
3: right yeah. It's, it's fuck you. I don't want to do that. Fuck right. you. I don't want. To. I mean, they're literally going to have to send a pick me up bouquet every day just to keep Connor answering the phone calls. I mean, he he could literally retire from the UFC and probably not have to work another day in his life. No and try to figure out stuff like that. But let's go through the scoring here really quick because uh, I found this super interesting. Let's get into it, conspiracy theorists. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I had an eighty-six, eighty-four. Need I need the
1: X-Files theme. Right. It
3: uh, might be on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look look it up. Uh, because if not, pull it up on YouTube because this is bizarre. Yeah, so you that. That's you got I, I, oh. I find my, my greatest trait is I'm able to step away from emotions. And not only am I able to step away from emotions, but what I'm able to do is fairly score a fight. So I told you how I I was scoring the fight. I have an 86-84 Mayweather McGregor (laughs) through nine. Okay. Dave Moretti saw it kind of close to me, 87-83. Burt Clements... Eighty nine, eighty two, Mayweather, <laughs> yeah. and then Guido Cavalieri, eighty nine, eighty one, Mayweather yeah. at the stoppage. Ooh. Tell me that that isn't a oh, fix. That's, that's a what fix. What the shit?
1: That's that's a there fix was from a, there was a f- day one.
3: There was a round where uh, Mayweather only threw four punches. Yeah, six. Yeah, six. Yeah, six, six punches. How, yeah. How is he winning these yeah. fucking rounds? So that Guido Cavalleri's on the shit list Well
1: first of all Clement, the guy's name is Guido, so right off the bat hey. you gotta assume he's on the take.
3: Hey. hey, hey, oh I'm not saying, but I'm saying, you know, hey, hey, oh. 89-81. The only round yeah. he gave to McGregor was the, the first, first round. round. And then he also had a ten eight round like I did round nine. Yeah. Burt Clements, the only round he gave was round one. Yeah. 89 82, but didn't give a 10 8 round to McGre- uh, uh, to May- uh, right. Mayweather. Eighty nine, eighty three. I see that a lot more. Yeah. As I'm 86 84. I am so happy Mayweather ended that because yeah. people would have looked at those scores. Oh, I say, know. They would have been. First three Riggs rounds yeah. were clearly. McGregor.
1: McGregors. Anybody could see that.
3: Yeah.
1: A blind squirrel could see that.
3: Way to make our sport shitty, judges. Seriously. Well, what do you expect? You got to know all the
1: judges in Vegas that are under punishing. Mayweather's take.
3: No, I, not under Mayweather's take. They were going to punish McGregor for doing what he was doing. I really do believe that you're stepping into our world. Uh, but we're see, gonna, then I, I believe. I, well,
1: okay, him. and that, that's a possibility. But if that's true, then they have even less integrity than if Mayweather had paid them.
5: Is this a remix? Or is this what it actually sounds like?
1: This is what it sounds like if you let it go past. Oh, good God. It's oh, club, yeah. Club, Terrible.
3: Club Duchovny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> you see a bunch of aliens on 80, Area 51 going.
1: Yeah. The full song is five minutes long. They, you only get to hear, like, the first, like, 45 seconds in the opening of the show.
3: Shit, this is longer than the Smoky Man's life. <laughs> Ooh, too Ooh. soon. Too soon. Too soon. He died like season nine. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean too soon? I don't know, how
5: many seasons were there? Eleven. And then he came back in the know. movie,
3: so he yeah. didn't even really die. Wait, wait, right. wait.
1: Spoiler. Hold on. Now we got it. Now we got to go to this one. Spoiler. This is the Illuminati's song. Oh.
5: See, this sounds more normal.
1: This is the Illuminati version of the of the X Files theme.
5: I, I like it better without the. Yeah.
3: But not. But see. Wait. 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 Give. Give it to me again. Give what uh, to you again? No. Start it from Dance the beginning. Again oh, okay. Really quick. Right, this one. On. If I do my unsolved mysteries voice, it could probably be really creepy. All right. You ready? All right. If Dave Moretti is to score at eighty nine or eighty seven to eighty three, Burt Clements eighty nine eighty two, and Guido Cavallari, eighty nine to eighty one. Folks, we need your help out there.
5: He loves his impersonations, by the way. (laughs) If you know whether they're good or not,
3: whether Burt Clements or Guido Cavalieri was on the take, (laughs) call 1 800 (laughs) Crime Stoppers or whatever the number was. uh, 1 800.
1: Vegas paid Unsolved
3: Mysteries used to freak the shit out of oh, me, dude. Like you'd watch Unsolved the Mysteries dark, Freaked like, everybody out, and you always the sketches were so so <laughs> random. Generic. You always saw a new. I know somebody. You're like that's Larry down that's, the street. Oh my god, that's Uncle Joe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Larry don't have a red truck or is six foot five, but that's Larry.
1: Right. Oh my God! That's Uncle Joe, but without the beard, and he has hair. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my Uncle
5: Joe, because we wouldn't know where he would take off to.
3: So lucky for us, oh, it does boy. not go to a judge's decision, yeah. because that would have opened a whole. That would have just. Bleh. Um. But there was lots of streaming issues.
1: Yo yeah. Showtime
3: uh, failed. Right. Like and, big time. And and the funny thing about it is, uh, oh, hold on one second.
1: What are you looking up? What are you looking up? No,
3: you looking no, no, no! I'm responding back to somebody. Production oh, value great. is going. Yeah, down.
1: yeah. Don't respond to anybody while we're doing the show. That's for breaks.
3: Tell them they can call in,
1: or they can call in. Right.
3: Okay. Tell tell us about the streaming issues, Jim. Well, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna Look try to. to uh, I had a great article about streaming
1: it. I find it. issues. Uh, okay, I'm trying to find. Showtime is hit with a class action lawsuit from Mayweather vs. McGregor streaming issues. Mayweather vs. McGregor is over, but Showtime is about to be involved in another fight. A fan is suing the company cable or the cable company and pay per view distributor because he was unable to watch the boxing match Saturday night on Showtime's app due to streaming issues, according to the US District Court in Oregon's official documents. Uh, The class action allegation complaint, which was filed on behalf of Zach Bartel, states that Bartel purchased the stream for $100 on Showtime's app, and that all he was getting was grainy video, error screens, buffer events, and stalls. The complaint, which was penned by attorneys Michael Fuller and Mark uh, Giragos, uh, contains screenshots demonstrating Bartel's issues. At the same time, the uh, defendant's system was unable to stream the Mayweather fight in HD. Planta was able to watch other streaming services on YouTube and Netflix and crystal clear HD as usual. Planta took a speed test of his internet just to make sure the issues weren't being caused by a bad connection. In a statement sent out on Monday, Showtime said it would ref- issue refunds to those who bought the fight but could not watch it. The statement said that there were only a quote-unquote very limited number of people, con- uh, people contacting them saying they could not watch the bout. Uh, refunds are handled at the point of sale While we received a very limited number of complaints, we will issue a full refund for customers who purchased the event directly from Showtime and were unable to receive the telecast. Showtime released a statement Saturday night saying that the main event from Las Vegas between Floyd Money Mayweather and Conor McGregor would be slightly delayed due to pay-per-view issues. UFC Fight Pass, which was also streaming the mega-event, faced issues as well. And many people, including UFC fighters, complained on social media about not being able to watch that on that platform.
3: So... Yeah, were you ever like disappointed uh, about something not working technology wise, like over the years? Oh God, yes. You could go way back. Oh God, yes. I well, okay. So my phone,
5: a printer. Every time I put a printer into my computer, it fucks up somehow.
1: The the printer fucks up, or your printer. computer fucks printer. up.
5: Printer. Every okay. time,
1: then
3: you're not doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was. Did do you remember? Well, obviously not. If you, you said remember every time. the contest that uh, when the Prince Bat Dance video aired, you had a chance to win the Batmobile on MTV. Wait, and wait, the, say that again. Okay, so back uh, and you can Google it. Back when the first Batman came out, the, you know, it was the, Batman hit the, the, the Tim Burton, right? Okay, you had a chance to win. A Batmobile from MTV, like one of the ones used in the movie. I'm Batman. And when it, the whole day I'm watching it, and when the Bat symbol flashed during uh, one of the times they aired Prince Bat Dance, you had to call in. (laughs) But when you called in, you didn't even get a busy sign. It said like this number is not in use or something, and I was like so disappointed as a kid, 1989. You know, so it's uh, crazy. Uh, but from MMAJunkie.com, after mayweather mcgregor streaming debacle, why won't the UFC use the R-word? The UFC is incredibly disappointed that its attempt to stream Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor to paying fans didn't work out so well. Probably not as disappointed as the people who paid $100 for the fight they didn't get to see. But still, Showtime, on the other hand, is so disappointed that it's actually willing to use those magic words, as you said, Jim, uh, a full refund. When it's pressing, it's sorrow, which is nice, but also the least you can do when you sell people a product that you don't actually deliver. Meanwhile, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3 million people watched the fight via illegal streams, meaning that an awful lot of people who didn't pay got something that was denied to plenty of those who did. That is a, a uh, This is a problem for a lot of reasons for the UFC, which leans heavily on pay-per-view as the cornerstone of its business model. It's a pretty big one. As more people opt to cut the cord and go without any form of cable or satellite dish in their homes, offering a reliable streaming option becomes vital for companies like the UFC. Cracking down on piracy of those streams, that also has to be a priority, but the technology trends in social media point to more and not less sharing, which means it's only getting easier for each person to become a broadcaster, him or or herself. It's not a problem you're going to, going to sue your way out of. That brings us to Saturday night's boxing match. I suspect that no one really wanted to pay $100 to a collection of already wealthy people in exchange for a fight of questionable value <laughs> and significance. You might purposely pay for rather than illegally download an album from some up-and-coming music artist because you consciously realize that, that this person needs and appreciates and deserves your money. It's hard to work up the same sentiment for the two rich guys fighting over a jewel-encrusted money belt. So why did so many people pay for the fight anyway? Why was the demand so crushingly high that it outpaced the ability of the streaming providers to actually provide it? It's possible that some of it was fear of retribution. The UFC, at least, is notorious uh, uh, litigious about online piracy, but that doesn't explain millions of legitimate buys. More likely, it's that the people who really wanted to watch the fight also wanted the reliability and quality that the illegal streams don't offer. They didn't want to end up squinting at blurry feeds or have to go searching for a new stream every couple rounds as more and more were pulled down. The irony is that so many of these people ended up with exactly the type of frustration they had already paid, an exorbitant fee to avoid. These are precisely the people who want the content providers, um, oh, I'm sorry, who the... Uh, should be compensated by uh, the UFC blah 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 is what they're saying since they're the customers you can't afford to alienate it's more a UFC to be offering slow uh, restitution considering how little it had to do with the actual fight if anything the UFC should be grateful and amazed that so many people turn to its streaming service to buy the boxing match it's a sign that these people trusted the UFC even when it came to a fight that wasn't a UFC event to take their money without delivering what they paid for is a violation of the trust that those fans soon won't forget. No party involved has no reason to offer swift and apologetic restitution, yet here we are three days later and the UFC has yet to guarantee a refund. And said UFC President Dana White offered a vague promise to take care of those fans. Then again, he's made similar promises in the past, only to later decide he's already done enough. This shouldn't be difficult calculations to make. If people paid for something that you didn't provide, you ought to give them their money back. That's especially true if you ever plan to ask for their money again. If you do anything other than offer timely full uh, restitution, then maybe you can't blame people who decide they're better off taking their chances with an illegal stream. At least when those don't work, it is usually the cost them time and a little bit of sanity, not money. So that was uh, MMA Junkie.
1: Uh, Well, and here's the problem, though. Um, It's very difficult to (sighs) prove that the stream didn't work. Um, You you would have to investigate. You would have to have somebody that backtraced the signal to the carrier by username and see if there were any issues. And that would cost a lot of money. Now – if people had immediately uh, um, sent a thing to UFC saying, hey, the stream's not working, and they had a record that way, then maybe they could go that way. But doing it retroactively is going to become almost impossible.
3: Holy shit. Three million people watched the root room. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it had to yeah, be out there.
1: I mean, <laughs> I think three million people watched the Pacquiao fight illegally. I mean – it's just the nature of of our society now. Is there's so many streaming services, or so many? There there are people like we were at uh, Three Knicks to watch the fight, right? Mm-hmm. Which was awesome. I love Three Knicks. i's a great place. But there were people that like if somebody just went on Facebook Live and hit the oh, yeah. thing and just held their thing up, they could stream the fight through their phone to Facebook Live, and anybody who's watching it could watch the fight i mean now facebook's really good about taking those things down when they notice notice it it, as quick as they notice it right but you know who you get okay let's say that everybody in that bar which we could guesstimate would be what about 100 people maybe 200 tops we'll say 100 people now let's say if all 100 people were streaming their phone streaming on their phones And you guesstimate that probably every uh, every person, let's say, has 300 friends on their Facebook. Some have more. Some have less. That, I mean, so what? That would be 100 times 300 would be what? 3,000? Yeah. 3,000. So 3,000 people could watch the fight illegally. And that's just from one little bar. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you grow that exponentially worldwide, and yeah, three million people is actually not that many.
3: And here's here's the problem that I have with the legal streaming, and I, I say this all the time: you're not hurting Floyd Mayweather, and you're not hurting Conor McGregor. You're hurting the Showtime tech who works on the the broadcast, right? You're, yeah. you're hurting the production team, whose yeah. whose who's union. Right. Those are the people that Connor and Floyd are going to get their money, regardless. Well, no, they're I, not. I the, mean,
1: the people, the people that are the fu people. They're not fu to Mayweather, not fu to McGregor. They're fu to T-Mobile Arena. They're fu to Showtime. They're fu to the promoters. Those are the people that they're saying fu to, not Connor and and Mayweather necessarily. But yes, you're absolutely right. It's the little guys that get screwed just like when you pirate a movie, okay? You're not taking money out of the producers, you're not taking money from the stars, you're not taking money from the director, you're taking money from the key grip. You're taking money from the camera guy, from the uh, you know, the um the the special effects guy, the the caterer, the you know, these are all the people that you're taking money from if the movie doesn't make as much money as it would have had everybody paid for it and not
3: downloaded illegally. I totally agree. So Sonny Fredrickson? Yeah. All right. We got a treat for everybody. We got uh, undefeated, ranked, Sonny Fredrickson, 17-0 and 0 with 11 Bam. knockouts joining us. Uh, Boxer MMA. Hello. Hi, Sonny. You're live on the air with the undercard. How are you today?
4: I'm doing good. How you doing? Good.
3: This is Sonny Fredrickson, pro boxer from Ohio, seventeen and zero with eleven knockouts. Uh, things are looking up for you. Ranked twenty-one in the uh, United States on box BoxRec. Uh, you've been fighting people with winning records. You got a sixty-five percent knockout ratio. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about this journey uh, at
4: age twenty-three. What's it feel like? You no, know, it's um been working real hard at it my whole life, just wanting um. Climbing the professional ranks and I'll now being ranked number nine by the WBA, with all the belts vacated. Um, hopefully we can get a title eliminator soon. Keep fighting, um, good opponents, so we can get up there and fight for a by- f- fight for a title.
3: Now, when did you start boxing, and when did you know that being a pro boxer was what you wanted to be?
4: I um, I started boxing at 13, age thirteen, and um, pretty much like probably a couple weeks in there, I, I wanted to. Um, to boxing, so I stopped doing other sports. As, as, as much as I did boxing, I boxed all year round.
3: And now you're part of this in- influx of talent coming from Ohio. You got Robert Easter, yourself. Uh, you know, you, you guys are like the guys following Adrian Broner, uh, you know, because Broner was older than you guys. But all of a sudden there's this influx of talent coming from the Ohio area. Tell us – what it feels like it's almost like uh kind of like Seattle when those bands broke out, Pearl Jam and Allison Chains, you guys are all hitting stride at the same time. How how's that feel?
4: Oh, it feels good, you know, just all all it took was just one fighter from our city to do it. And then everyone start everyone just wanted to pursue it. And we once we started turning pro and everyone started turning pro everybody wanted to do it and they pushed everybody to go hard. Now for themselves
3: I was so disappointed, and I know you. It, it was not your fault, but you had a f- uh, fight with Youboff uh, scheduled. It was going to be on Showtime, and you know his style versus your style. I was very excited for that fight. I, I thought both of you guys were going to provide entertainment, but the fight didn't happen. What what is looking like it's going to be your next fight? Is there any talks that are happening right now?
4: Um. Pretty. My, I, I've asked my um, my management and everything, but they just told me to stay in the gym because they're getting close to something. You no, know, they don't want to get me too excited like they did last time. So they're trying to make sure there's something for sure happening. But they, hopefully soon we'll know.
3: And then Robert Easter also coming from Toledo, Ohio. I mean, uh, you you've seen Robert Easter sell out uh, the Huntington Center the, about two times ago when uh, PBC was there. What, what, where do you want to fight in Toledo? Where do you want to have a hometown crowd at? Uh, you think maybe where the Mud Hens play, or have you have you thought about where you're going to have your big title fight at?
4: Um, I'll, I'll fight in the Huntington or the or I I like to fight at the um, Mud Hens Stadium, even the Seagate, just Sun they can hold a lot of people. But Mud Hens Stadium pretty cool. That'd be a nice venue.
3: Uh, because you know it's coming. You got a lot of talent, uh, and since last we spoke to you, uh, tell us about Adidas and how that came about.
4: Well, so I have my marketing agent, whatever, and he just was. Um, he, he had some connection, um, Adidas, so he just sent them like my information and all my stuff, and they just wanted to sponsor me with all my boxing equipment and all like just everything I need training, fight gear, everything. So it just came along like that. Just someone helping. Well, my guy helping me out getting that on um, sponsorship.
3: Now we were talking about uh, the Money Mayweather fight uh, versus uh, Conor McGregor. Did you get a chance to watch it Saturday night, and what were your thoughts of it?
4: Yeah, I got to watch it. I, um, I I feel like Floyd Mayweather wasn't really trying too hard, but um, Conor McGregor surprised me with how good his boxing skills. Right, Did- he he didn't look he didn't look bad like I thought he would.
3: Right, but when Floyd turned it on, were you surprised that Connor gassed? I mean, this is a big fight for him, and for him to gas like in round 9 and round 10 like that, I, I was shocked that, you know, biggest fight of your career and that you're, you're not going to have anything in the gas tank for it.
4: Uh, I, I just feel like more, more like that going into the 9th, 10th round. It just takes experience to be in the box ring. He didn't have none. That's probably why he gassed, didn't know how to save energy. Just we wasn't really a good professional boxer, you know what I'm saying? Like didn't have no um training in it.
3: Right. Now uh, experience. Now big fights happening in two weeks. Uh Canelo is going against Glovkin. Who do you like in that fight and why?
4: I like um I like Canelo in that fight just because he's um just just because he's a better boxer than um Triple G. And I feel like if if it comes to them having a box or something or he gets hurt or something, he a Box box the way out of it. If Triple G gets hurt by Canelo, I don't think he can. Um, he doesn't know anything besides just coming forward and punching hard.
3: Now, who who out there do you have to see? Who is there a boxer that when he's on TV, he's your favorite to watch, or or who do you look up to?
4: Um, I don't really um watch too many of the new like the new like. Nowadays, fighters I I like to watch classic boxing honestly.
3: And then, uh, which classic boxer uh, grabs your attention? Who who do you like watching?
4: I like to watch like um, Felix Trinidad, Oscar De La Hoya, and um, um, who's who's some other ones? Um, Dago Corrales. Those three are my favorite.
3: Now I got to see you at the Eastern Michigan Convocation Center, and it, I hadn't seen you fight. In uh, a little bit since then, and, and it seemed like your skills had very much progressed. Uh, do you feel like you're 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 coming along at the right pace? And, and where do you think you are in your learning curve right now?
4: Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely coming along really well, and I think I improved a lot since that fight. Actually, I think I improved a, a, a trend like a, a huge amount just because I was training for that fight. Um, that u bought fight really hard, had some tough sparring and. My, my my mental focus got a lot better
3: now uh, is there anybody out there that you do want to fight that somebody in your weight or somebody that's ahead of you in the rankings that you, you feel like would be a good matchup and that you would like to fight
4: uh, I'll fight anybody in the top, the top 10 of any sanctioned body it doesn't really I don't really have like a name of who I want to fight just anyone
3: now uh you're kind of opposite like uh Floyd Mayweather in which you know he he gets booed by a lot of people and people like to hate him. You're a very likable guy. Uh you 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 come across nice, you come across likable. Uh have you noticed that with your fans that um that you just have like an openness with them that people can relate to?
4: Yeah, um I I've I've I know a lot of fighters that get, get booed in fights. I've I've never been booed at a fight. I don't think I've ever seen you booed. Yeah, I mean I, I mean, I I feel like a lot of people like who I am. I guess.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's a good quality to have, especially when it comes with companies and and marketing and and getting big fights and stuff. That's that's the the nature of it. Um, talk a little bit one more time about goal wise, when do you think you could get a chance at the WBA title or when do you think that you could be uh have this contender thing? Do you think we're looking at a window here?
4: Um I'm honestly there's there's a few guys ahead of me in the rankings that I'll rank like number one and two and other sanctioning bodies so when they leave I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna jump up pretty high like number four. Number four, or five. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking because they're fighting for other titles. So hopefully, um, with the end of this year, I can fight for a title eliminator. Now, the son, of next year.
3: I mean, that that's huge news, and 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 hopefully, it's in Toledo. We'd love for you uh, because Toledo comes out and they support that you guys got a show September 2nd. Vic Green's throwing on a show, and I know that it's at the Seagate Convention Center, and even though it's Labor Day, I know there'll be a lot of Toledo fans. You guys have a great boxing community out there. Um Where can people find you on your social media if they want to follow your career?
0: Um,
4: on Instagram, you can follow me at SonnyFrederson, underscore. And... um On Twitter, you can follow me at Team Fredrickson, and on Facebook, just Sonny Fredrickson.
3: All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us a little bit. Uh, Once again, this is Sonny Fredrickson, 17-0, 11 knockouts. Uh, Will be a world champion real soon. Nice guy. If you see him at a fight, go say hi to him. And uh, best of luck to you going on uh, the future here. And as soon as you get a fight announced, maybe we'll have you back on the show.
4: Okay. Thank you, man. I, I, thank you for the
3: opportunity. All right. That is Sonny Fredrickson. Jimmy, I'm not swearing to you. You cannot not meet a nicer uh, kid. Like I believe uh, you. You just you sounded really nice. root for this guy. Yeah. I mean, Rochelle's, adorable. Met, him, like, yeah, Rochelle's <laughs> met him a million times. His like, little
5: stepbrother is in love with the Ring Girls.
3: Oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah,
5: he follows them around oh, every I'm show. Sure.
3: So he was supposed to fight Yuboff. Uh, right. Yuboff's a guy On who Showtime, I ab- yeah. Yeah, absolutely love. Right. Just... Yeah. Uh, like a little Tyson, right? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't want either one of these guys to lose, but I liked the idea of a puncher versus a, a boxer. Right. It didn't happen, and that's that's disappointing. But you know what? Sonny's got a big, huge future. We got to go to our first break. <sighs> Guess what? We got a treat though. On after our break, um, after our break, we are going to have Scotty Buck talking about. Uh some of the Vegas scenes at about the 805 mark, and then we got what's on tap at 8. We're listening to the undercard, hand combat radio.
0: We are it! We are it!
3: Welcome back to episode 250. Uh before we go into what's in tap or what's on tap uh presented by Falling Down Beer Company, there is What's in tap? <laughs> I know what's on tap. Uh, speaking of which, Falling Down Beer Company, I am drinking the Scurvy Orange right now. It's actually very delicious. Arr. I'm not an IPA kind of guy, but this one's really good. 250 is a monumental mark. I think we should talk for a second about it. Uh, I don't know. There's anniversaries, 250. 150, 100. You really don't count 150, but maybe we did. And then 200, but then 250. That's you know a quarter of a century. 250 you, is so, you know. two and a half centuries. Yeah, that's what I meant. I, yeah, two and I, a half centuries. I'm all over the place today. But two 250, not a bad mark. No, that's so, a good uh, mark. Che- cheers we're, to that. We're halfway
1: to 300 Cheer- from 200. Che- cheers, yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to the two of you. <laughs> so I said we're halfway to 300 from 200.
5: Uh huh. And we're halfway to 500.
1: And we're also halfway to 500. But baby steps. 300 is our next yeah. milestone.
3: At 250. Um, you know what? Uh, since we're talking about it, what I really did miss this week was our Sunday show. Because yeah. if ever to recap, because everybody yeah. and their mother has recapped the mo- Mayweather um, yeah. thing, I think maybe maybe we should do some special edition ones after Bigger Fights. That way we can. I I would agree with that. We would you know.
5: not have been up
1: to do a Sunday show.
5: I depending know, but,
3: on when it was. Yeah, but I'm just saying
5: this Sunday.
1: There's no way. I'm saying depending on when it was. Yeah.
3: Going forward, maybe certain events deserve our certain attention. We would um, also
1: we would also have to. Uh, See what the the studios got available for a Sunday show because Sundays are usually pretty packed around here.
3: That's true. Podcast Detroit is growing. Yeah. Like, uh, Sunday, like a weed. Sunday, 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 Sunday at the
1: Silver Dome Monster Truck Rally. Your ticket buys you the whole seat, but you, you only need, need the, the edge. edge. <laughs>
3: the edge. Uh, <laughs> what else happened this week? In uh, uh, Clip Entertainment, uh, yeah. Carlos Lelinas yeah. and uh, Dual Combat Sports. Uh, had their first MMA event yes. at uh, Motor City Casino, and that was a success. Uh, Kenny Moore and V had uh, pro boxing going on at De Carlos Banquet Center. It was a really great co-main event, um, a couple 6-0 and o guys with five knockouts. They were only even separated by a couple days birthday-wise. That's how evenly matched this thing was. <laughs> uh, so they had a great match, too, but... <laughs> Jimmy, you might as well do what's on tap and we can uh roll can into stop rambling. He's <laughs> a rambling, that's bring up a good point. He's a rambler. He is a rambler. Gambler. Yeah. What
1: no. No, don't 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 try that, Brad. You're you're not that cool.
3: <laughs> what's the song, Ram I'm a Rambler, I'm a gambler? Oh no no no, oh. it's
1: I'm a mid I'm a joker, wow. I'm a smoker, ah. I'm a midnight joker.
2: <laughs> dude, <laughs> do
1: dude. All right. Once again, this is what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Hold on, Uh, hold
5: on. Yeah, where did this song come from?
1: I don't know. I just found it.
5: Oh, you created it? it, it, I did
1: create it. I found i i i combined uh, a couple of different songs to make that song. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Not much going on after the big uh, fight this past weekend. Um, But we do have, for those interested in Los Angeles, uh, you can watch it on Estrella TV. Uh, Manny Robles Jr. versus Jose Estrella, eight rounds for the featherweights. Um, In London, uh, you have Joshua uh, Buasti versus uh, (laughs) Baptiste Castanagro, uh, six rounds for the light heavyweights. Um, I don't know. I was looking at it. And I'm like, I know, I know that word. But I can't say it right now. On September 3rd in Kyoto, Japan, we have Shun Kubo versus Daniel Roman. Twelve rounds for Kubo's WBA regular junior featherweight title. Um, that's pretty much it for boxing. Moving on to MMA, of course, Tuesday nights. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Uh, this is episode eight. Uh, it's on tonight. Uh, August 31st, we have Invicta FC-25. That is in California. Uh, September 2nd, uh, we have UFC Fight Night 115. Strew versus uh, Volkov uh, in South Holland and the Netherlands. And that's pretty much it. All right, that's what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Um, we are we're calling Scotty Buck right now, right? Exactly. Okay, see we're going to talk to Scotty Buck. He was at the Mayweather-McGregor fight. We're going to talk to him about uh, the money fight. Yeah, uh, what the uh, what it was like being out in Vegas for that fight? He knows you're calling Brad. He's ducking your calls, man. He does. (laughs) We're a little early, though. What
5: time are you supposed to call him? 8.05.
3: Your call has been forwarded. Ah, That's all right. There we go. We'll we'll call him back in a second. (laughs) He's probably waiting for the 8.05. (laughs) Uh, After the Scotty Buck uh, interview on what what happened in Vegas, um, I owe an apology to somebody, and it's going to go out on the podcast and it's That's okay I accept your apology Brad. I know. <laughs> I should always apologize to Jimmy. You know what you know what's weird? Uh while you were doing what's on tap I was trying to find that uh Max Smelling. Schmeling, how I kept saying it with different names. Yeah. Somebody took that down. What it's it's missing because like when you were having problems with pronouncing, yeah, I was like I'm gonna play that Max Schmeling thing. Oh again. yeah, yeah, Max Schmeling, like different voices. It's gone. Oh, I don't know how. Why would, why would that be taken down? Copyright mm. issues, like that's my, that's my
1: tool. Mm. Yeah.
3: Um, but I do oh have, the
1: website's down.
3: Yeah, like like it says that it's not there anymore, and so I was just trying. What to, was the website? Uh, I'm trying to find if it's even there anymore. Hold on. And I know, but what when you looked for? What did you search? How to pronounce uh, Max Schmeling? Smash. See now, I say it correctly. By the way, yeah, uh, it's gone, man. Absolutely gone. That's actually disappointing.
1: I found several things that will do that.
3: Let's see if it's the same people. Uh, are we? Uh, bring my thing up.
4: Max Schmeling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he says it like he's there.
1: Uh, this is by uh, pronunciation in German by Wolfgang Hoffmeyer. Max Schmeling. Max Schmeling. <laughs>
3: Oh, it has to see, be a drop every time we struggle because... smelling <laughs> Schmeling. Schmeling. Max I Schmeling.
1: Well, no, actually, the drop that we need is someone who goes, Oh, his name is Max Schmeling.
3: Oh, my God.
1: Uh, um, or... Uh, let's, let's see. Hold on. I got another one. I got another one. This is pure pronunciation. How do you pronounce Max Schmeling? Uh, let's see. Let's see what it does. Max Schmeling. Max Schmeling. Max Schmeling. Max Schmeling. <laughs> so that, that's another one. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of them. So I don't know which one you were looking for.
3: Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> which what, what are you looking for? I'll I'll, I'll show you in one second. There's no you know, I, here let's see if it even comes up. God bless it. Maybe it's your phone.
1: Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, here, so here, here, we go. Okay. Great radio, Brad. Really great radio. First, what?
3: What? Not
0: going to work here anymore, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> From Office Space, where oh, they yeah, can't yeah. pronounce his yeah. name. Well, hold on, hold on, I, we I, go I, back I, to it. First, Mr. Samir...
0: Okay. 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 Not going to work here anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that could be the drop, too. <laughs> that,
1: that, that actually could, that's probably a better drop. Uh-oh. That's actually probably a better drop. All right, let's
3: try I Scotty don't know why people
1: have a, such a hard time with my name. Uh-huh. Not, a, not, e, not a job. Not i e, not a job. Not e. At least your name's not Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Just call me Mike and they get yeah. all mad about yeah. it. The ring?
1: Oh, there we go. Through the power of Skype. I have the power. Amen.
3: Hello. Hey Scotty. Uh it's Brad live on the undercard. How are you today?
2: Hey, what's going on, Brad?
3: Alright, we're joined by Scotty Buck, and we don't want to waste too much of your time. We know we're uh you're not feeling too much you're under the weather <laughs> a, little a little
2: bit. Sick. Oh my god. Yeah, I get a little sick. I'm the only guy who gets sick in the middle of the summer.
3: Well, no. well, you were
1: traveling though. Everybody gets sick when they're traveling.
2: You know, I worked out, and when I went to work out at MGM, uh huh, and their gym is so I can't. I kind of want to throw MGM under the, the do it, uh, do rug it rug here. But oh my god, man, their gym is just is, nasty. Is that train wreck? <laughs> it, it's just like. I'm telling you, like I was never the same after I worked out. I went to work out. I'm like, oh man, I want to.
1: You caught the crud, didn't you?
2: I was never the same after I left the gym.
1: Yeah, you caught the crud. (laughs)
2: Oh man! Yeah, I, I, caught, I caught something. I something. Yeah. I thought everything that Vegas.
5: happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Though. Yeah. So.
2: yeah, no, well, I just can't remember what happens in Vegas. That happened Saturday
3: afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell oh. us a little. Tell us a little bit about it. We walk us through yeah. it. Um, not, not the gym. Yeah, not the gym, but ju- <laughs> yeah, just just let's talk about so, how did the Irish really invade Vegas? Was there a lot of Irish so, fans first?
2: So I'm, so I'm going to start. I'll just start from the beginning. I got in Thursday afternoon at about 1 o'clock. And, um, you know, I got, got in, checked in my room, walked around a little bit, and I'm telling you, it was dead. Like, And for a Thursday, like in Vegas, because you you anticipate the hype, you know, like you're saying, the Irish people, because I've been there for a lot of, you know, like Con, um, Canelo, and you get a lot of those, you get a lot of European fans come in that are just that like the soccer fans. Right. They love, they love to back their, their, their sports, their fighters. And I'm telling you, it was, there was nobody there. It was like a ghost town. I I think I took a picture and sent it to you.
3: Yeah. There was no one near the, the gathering place in the lobby where everyone gathers.
2: So, so there's, so there's like, so when you walk in MGM, there's, you walk through the doors and there's the ring where they have the MGM
3: around the, line. the lions
2: in the ring and everybody takes a picture and it's like, I'm telling you and I have no reason to lie. Like it just, it just, it felt like it almost felt like when Floyd fought Andre Berto, like just nobody cared. Right. And, and yeah, I know it's Thursday, but it's the same aspect like people go for a long weekend, you know, to be part of it. And especially with, you know, a fight of, you would think this magnitude. So, um, it was, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of lame at first. And then I was up till about, I was playing cards till about 3.30 in the morning. And I'm telling you, like, it was just, there was, there was no atmosphere. Hmm. Friday, Friday, we went, we, we hung out at the pool and, uh, at MGM, we were at What Republic, which is kind of, it was, uh, it's a day club. And it was, I mean, it was packed. I mean, wall to wall, people everywhere. Um, it it was it was really cool because I've never done like the day the day thing. I'm usually a night person, and yeah. and it, it was crowded. So I don't know what it was like around town because I was outside the whole day till seven thirty at night, and I am almost embarrassed to say this, but I was in bed Friday night at eight thirty, <laughs> and just just because we you know we we hung out in the day which we never do we you know we were I mean, I'm old enough to drink, so you know. No, I did. We were, out, we were drinking.
3: Yeah, I, did we, we at, I did that one time at. I did that at one time at rehab at uh, Hard Rock. You remember the rehab nightclub? I don't even yeah. know if it's still <laughs> yeah. there. And that day was, drinking will mess you up, man. It just catches yeah, you quick.
2: We're, we're too old to yeah, do it. So we, we, yeah, you're right. Bah. We are way too old for You're out there competing with all those kids, but it was really cool. It was definitely crowded. There was definitely a lot of atmosphere. We were, we were next to these guys. There were like 20 of them. They were all from Brooklyn. And then you know, they were crazy. They all had like, their New York hat on. They were all hang- hanging out, picking up girls. And then next to us were these guys from Ireland. And they were the complete opposite. Like they had their shirts on. They were just like chilling out.
3: It's because the Irish will
2: relaxing. burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, but it got it got kind of crazy, and then, like I said, I don't really really know what the atmosphere was like Friday night. But I woke up Saturday morning. I like to wake up early and get breakfast. And I woke up; it was like seven thirty seven. Went downstairs, hung out for a little bit, and they had this breakfast. It's not a buffet. It's like the MGM restaurant where you can get food. It's like a cafe, and it's usually packed. Like you, you gotta wait in line. I walked right in, sat down, ordered my breakfast, hung out. And there, there was just, like, no, just no real, like, what you, I kept asking myself, so when's it going to happen? When's it going to pick up? You know, when's it going to get crazy? And uh, I ate breakfast, hung out, and as I was going upstairs, I I got in the same elevator as Ken Porter. Oh, nice. Tom Porter's dad. Yeah. And, and I, I'm like, Ken Porter, right? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you guys, you guys are fighting tonight, right? He's like, no. And I didn't even know he wasn't fighting until I asked his dad.
3: Yeah, they have it I on Tuesday or something, dog. right? Tuesday it got yeah, canceled. Yeah, I, I
2: didn't. I didn't even know because I haven't really been following boxing with the kids off summer, and obviously I don't do my team boxing page anymore. You know, I just, I just, you know, my kids are home for the summer. I'm just enjoying it. I'm enjoying summer, you know, and catching what I can of boxing. And he said, "No, I pulled him out because we're going to fight Danny Garcia." So he said that that fight's going to happen. And then, uh, you know, went back to the room, and we walked around a little bit Saturday, just did some stuff, and um, we got ready for the fight. And I think we walked over to T-Mobile. Man, it had to be, like, 7 o'clock, and it was nuts. I mean, absolutely bananas. And Because uh, we were at MGM, and you have to walk we had to walk down on the strip.
4: Right. And
2: the strip's a mess. It's not like it's like I mean it's just like it's like you get all different sorts of people, you know, you get you got the and we're always like we we always say like I don't understand how people bring their kids to Vegas. You got the half naked people, the, the people with the cards, the hooker cards. Yep. You got Splinter Man drinking a one fifty one bottle.
3: <laughs> but he'll take uh, pictures it, for it, a tip too
2: yeah I'll take pictures yes sir (laughs) and uh it was crazy because I mean you couldn't even walk down the strip that's how crowded it was and you didn't like wasn't expecting it because in the casino but leading up to that it was like honestly it was it was lame it was really lame it took us a while to get to um T-Mobile. We finally had to get there, you know, because the the walkway to New York, New York from MGM is, is under construction. You think they would have fixed that too, right? With this fight coming up, so you would have thought that. So we had to walk down the strip a little bit to uh, to get to it, and then cross the street, and it was just a mess. But when we got in the stadium, uh, I'm going to throw MGM under the under the rug again. So we get to the stadium, chat. We get all the way upstairs. We get our tickets and we look at our tickets, and my and MGM gave us two different seats. So my wife's <sighs> in one section and I'm in another section. We 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 got comp seats, right? Because we we both gamble enough where we where MGM treats us very well, and you know, and we're very loyal to MGM and we love it there. But when we looked at our tickets, we didn't look at them before we left the hotel when we picked them up at low Call. <clears throat> They put her in a different section. She was like 223, and I was in 220. And we were and, my, and we were just like, okay, now what? So we called over to MGM, and uh, they gave us they they connected us to a person, and uh, he he actually walked he actually walked over to uh, MGM. We met him out front, and they upgraded our seats. Nice. Uh, so so that was that was great. So we 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 got there. I don't know who fought bef- who fought before Javante Davis. I didn't. I haven't gone back uh, to watch. Ah, Jack,
3: yet. Ba- ba- Jack.
2: Okay, okay. So we got there right when Javante Davis was about to fight. Right, and I'm telling you, I, I, I didn't take any pictures. That, but I'm telling you, no one was sitting down. Like, I, honestly, it was a quarter full. Like the seats, and there was nobody really there to watch it. When he fought, same thing. Nobody was in. Like, it was empty. Like the place was literally. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like nobody, nobody's coming to the fight. And uh, and uh, after after he fought, it. I mean, there were not. I mean, there were there were probably if I had to take a guess, it's, oh, man. I don't want to be Maybe five thousand, six thousand empty seats. I mean, it was it was pretty sold. Like you did for the main know, event. Like, but if you lost, for the main event, like you, you could look like it just depends. The whole, the whole bottom floor though was right. sold out, right. And then there's there's another level, like a mid level, and there were seats scattered. There were maybe there weren't. I mean, maybe a couple thousand, you know, seats total that weren't sold out. But they don't. They didn't sell out the whole arena. I don't know if that was the tickets, like the upper bowl. They only sold out part of it, and then the other bowls were all. Build, you know, build up. So, um, but it, it all filled in when when Floyd and Conor um, fought.
3: Yeah. Uh, now, my theory on this, and this is what I'll say, and then I want to hear your opinion. I th- I didn't think okay. it was a good boxing match, but I thought it was okay. a good event. I, it lived up okay. to the event hype. But really, as a boxing match, when McGregor stopped throwing, that's when Floyd started throwing and McGregor. So it wasn't a good boxing match, but it was exciting and lived up to the event away from Vegas. You in Vegas, what do you think? Did it live up to it? Okay.
2: So I have a couple. (laughs) I got a couple takes, as always. So, So I asked my wife, because my wife is a casual boxing fan, and I'm like, we were just talking about it last time. I'm like, what did you think? And she's like, it was great, but great from like. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it was a great. She's like, it was a great fight, but that's kind of like what you're saying about the event. Like my, you know, and my wife was a boxer. She was so that's how we met. She was she was an amateur fighter so she knows boxing. And and, and but for me personally. Like the event itself, like Connor, and like he, he, I think he exceeded kind of like you're saying, expectations by milestones. Like, like he got to get, I think he won the first three rounds, but also Floyd had no choice but to fight that way. Yep. You know, coming forward. Like, he, he, he knew the only way, only way people were going to be happy is if he somehow or another, like, the he needed to get in confrontation. Um, and I think he did that enough. Where you know people like we were around people, people were loving it. People were happy. People were satisfied. You know, I we, me and my wife, we left and we were like, "That was great." Like it was like, and the, honestly, like that was great. But kind of like you're saying, like from a fight, it, was, it wasn't really much of a fight. I think Floyd could have taken him out anytime he wanted to. Right. You know, I think. I think. I don't want to. I don't want to say it was scripted because that's the wrong word, but I think like it was all. It's just so hard to believe anything that went on with this fight. Like you know, the press conference was scripted. Like that felt scripted. I felt like the Paul. You know, Paulie Mal- malinaji, Like some of that was scripted. Like I think it was just. It's always something. You know, with, that's what Floyd does. He, he The build up. The hype. You know, like the the knockout. Every like for me, the right. knockout with you know during the fight when they stopped the fight. Right. I like me. This is just my take. Like, I personally think that if that happened, like they they discussed that before the fight, that if it was like that and Floyd started to hurt him, the ref was going to stop him because why get any like why did anybody hurt you are making all this money, you know, so on and so forth. So I think you just like just don't know what to believe, but. I mean, I had a great time. Like honestly, the people around us—they were all happy. They were, and and to me, that's what it's about. I went to be part of the event. Yep. I didn't. I didn't go because I thought it was going to be a great fight. So as far as that, like I totally agree with you. But it was okay. Like like of exceeded my expectations for sure.
3: And, you know, he's humble. It's tough not to root for Conor McGregor, and it's tough not to root for Floyd Mayweather because behind that persona, he's a pretty nice guy. Uh, You know, it's it's a win-win. Did you get a chance to listen to the press conference afterwards uh, where where Floyd answered? Huh? I'm sorry,
2: what?
3: I said, did you get a chance to watch the press conference after? Or no, not yet.
2: I, I, I watched some of the YouTube clips. I watched I watched some of the the clips. I thought like I was I thought Floyd handled himself great after the after the fight. He was on TV, just like saying, he's, he's he's very professional, you know. He he thinks about what he's gonna say before. Like you ever notice? They ask him a question. He always pauses. Like he always thinks about what he's gonna say before he says it. You know. He, they asked him. I'm pretty sure. I think they were like. So what do you think about being he didn't, he didn't care about 50. Like I've been saying it since the beginning. Like, he doesn't. He cared about making the money.
3: Right. Well, otherwise, he would have had them. a 50 and 0 hat on after, you know, and, yeah, and they have the 50. He
2: didn't care. He, I mean, he, he. I think he cares, but his the main objective of this fight was, and this is just my perspective of it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. It's just my take on it is that, you know, uh, um, if if he if he cared he would have promoted it, you know it was about the money. Conor, Conor McGregor wasn't the solution to beat Floyd Mayweather. He was the solution to getting Floyd Mayweather paid.
3: Right. Ab- you know? absolutely. How much do you think Canelo Golov can help that or hurt that pre week that you're talking about? Because I. I, I, I told Rochelle this all the time when, when I was in town for Pacquiao in Las Vegas you could have swore the Beatles were there the way the Philippines came for him and the oh, way they would yeah. run when doors Wait. would open right it was like the Beatles were playing do you think that uh, the Canelo Glove can fight hurt the Mayweather fight because it is the bigger draw and it is two weeks away.
2: I don't know, man. Like, it's a real. That's a really good question because it is only two weeks away, and and, and it's not cheap. You can't like it's not cheap to buy pay per view. Like, you know, it's a hundred dollars now. You got sixty dollars. Where you're gonna go to Vegas and which ticket are you gonna buy or which which party do you want to be part of? I mean, you got you had one that was the spectacle, and then you really have one that's a that's a boxing match. Like, it's actually a, it's actually a fight two boxers. I don't know. I mean, have they come out with the pay-per-view numbers for Floyd and
3: yet? No, not yet. I mean, I'm eagerly waiting them, but you know, the UFC is a private company, and so their their numbers are always late to come out. Uh, and they they had their own streaming service. We do know that like they estimated three million people illegally watched it. So,
2: yeah. yeah, which so is that's, crazy. That's
3: gonna <laughs> <suck>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: it sucks for them. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean it was cool. Like, like I'm going back for Golovkin and Canelo, and, and and honestly, like, but that's like going like and, and and like I said, like I went to be part of the Floyd spectacle. I'm a, I'm a Floyd fan. I like what he does in the ring. You know, I I've always said that I'm a I'm he the guy is just smart. What he did with his career and the money he made, like I respect it. He did it his way. But like when I go back in two weeks, like I'm going, I'm going to see someone get knocked out. Like I'm going to, get, I want to see somebody get
3: hurt. Right. And you know what the best part about this fight was is Floyd Mayweather said he was going to come after him, and he did. He felt like he owed the fans from the Pacquiao fight because that fat that that fight was so boring. And even though that Connor wasn't fighting back when he was throwing that lead right, and you knew Connor was in trouble. That, that was exciting wasn't great boxing because yeah. Connor's not fighting back but it was exciting
2: he 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 did exactly what he said you could tell he got hit in the face a little bit I just watched a youtube clip today like after the fight he was walking out of the arena and his right eye was pretty beat up floyd's right eye was pretty beat up i mean he took some he took some punches he took a that one uppercut that was pretty good in the first two rounds I don't remember what round is he ate an uppercut. I mean, kind of tried. I mean, it's just you got to give him some credit too. It's like who who is an Conor McGregor fan right now? Like, give the guys some credit. He got in the ring with the best fighter in the world and went ten rounds his first fight. How many people could say if they can do that?
3: Exactly. But what I would say to you though, could he last two rounds with Canelo or or Golovkin? Canelo? I'm,
2: I'm, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you I, um, who was it. I think I read an article that Max Kellerman said Errol Spence or uh, Crawford would have both beat Floyd the other night.
3: Yeah, and and, and it, think, it's possible, you know. Yeah,
2: I think. I, but but here's the thing, and this is the good thing. I, I think Floyd's done. I I don't I don't think we'll ever see him fight again. And the reason I say that is you could tell. I mean, even though he fought McGregor, like he's slowing down. Like you could tell, yep. like he's not reacting well. His 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 and his he picked the perfect opponent. Like he knew he could get away with saying, I'm coming forward. I'm gonna come forward this whole time. He he knew he wasn't gonna get hurt too bad. Um it was he I mean his whole career has been like that. He's picked the perfect opponent at the perfect time. But he he keeps winning. Like you know, people want to shut him up and someone beat him. You know, it's that simple.
3: Now, I was thinking legacy, and, and I wanted to talk to you about that and have Jimmy and Rochelle in here. This, this is Floyd's legacy, and tell me if I'm wrong or what, what you think is different. One, his battle with top rank and how he took over his career, that's going to be his number one thing. He changed the game, and he called the shots when he left top rank. Uh, number two... You never got let down by him. Every fighter will have a let down fight where they're just not themselves. We never saw ever in his career Floyd Mayweather not have the endurance to go the distance, not be ready for an opponent, not outwork an opponent. That has to be something that maybe no other boxer had ever has ever done, has not had a right. let down fight. You know what I'm saying? No matter who it was, right. he was always ready.
2: I think we talked about it when I was on the show. Like, the closest I've ever seen him, like, to almost, like, where I was, like, worried about that he was going to get beat was Madonna in that first fight.
3: Mm hmm. And he had to weather like, the, the storm. Six,
2: yeah, he had to weather, like, an, another, like, but the, the guy, you know, he always, you know, I, I, I asked Leonardo Tyner a long time ago, why is he training? Like, how does he do that? He's like, he trains like he's broke.
3: <laughs> yep.
2: it's <laughs> just. Like that's that's just his thing. Like he's, you're right. Like he's never he's, you just know. Like you got to be in shape to fight him. Think, but think about it. Like Canelo, he outlasted him. He was young, twenty, like twenty-one years old.
3: Correct. Same Me- thing,
2: but now like these guys just can't. He's always been. He's he's, you know, yeah. It's crazy because he always he always figures out a way. He always says that he's always going to figure out a way to win.
3: The Canelo, the top rank. Yeah, the top the rank.
2: Top rank. He. He paid them wasn't it like 750,000 dollars or something like that to buy his way out of yep. it.
3: And start calling and yeah, totally. went from pretty boy to uh to money and and changed right. changed the game forever. Uh what what do you think his legacy is going to be?
2: I don't know man. Some people just love to hate that guy. I think he's great. Honestly, like I don't I don't I think the guy is unbelievable. I'm going to put him in my Top ten, all. The, I mean, I don't, I don't. I've never done like really done the top one, two, three, four to ten. Right. But like, honestly, like, how do you? I know a lot of people don't put him in their twenties, and like, the guy he beat everybody. And he and to top it off, he made a, he made close to a billion dollars in his fight career.
3: Exactly, changed the game. You
2: know, but he he really did. He really did change the game. But but he, I guess my question is because I know he's got guys like. Um, Javante Davis now, in Baju Jack,
4: which and Jack
3: won, and Jack looked the best he's looked.
2: Yeah, I saw Stevenson and him might fight next. I saw some clip of it today. That Stevenson wants to fight him, so maybe that'll happen.
3: Although I'd like Stevenson but, Ward still,
4: if yeah, possible.
2: Yeah, me too. He, he, I don't know, so I'm totally with you on that. But it's crazy because can can Floyd. Do what he did for himself, for one of his fighters, and, and a lot. I think a lot of it with Floyd was his personality. You know, he, he either loved he, he was a great. Uh, he just said, "Was he a villain?" You know, people just. How many people? How many people just bought pay-per-views to see if that guy would to to lose?
3: Right. Well, you you figure he was the villain most of the time. Vill- villain versus Ricky Hatton. Uh, Gotti, right. uh, people wanted Gotti to win. De La Jolla was, uh, the, the pretty boy of the sport. Pacquiao, uh, that was before his bad remarks, I believe, and, and Nike dropping them. Uh, I believe right. that, uh, you know, people probably wanted Pacquiao. He probably always had the people that wanted him not to succeed. And then at the end of the day, uh, very successful in business and, and yeah. hopefully, Hopefully he can catch uh, lightning in a bottle with Mayweather promotions and, and and keep it going because I I think he's good for the sport. He draws people in and that isn't a bad thing.
2: No, like like did this like and I know a lot of people in like this fight. that was that fight really bad? Like, or should I say, the the fight this past week? Was that really bad for boxing? No, it would have been. I mean, was there like it, honestly like it, like cause people? I think I think. Like being there, and the casual fan, and the MMA fan, and the people we were talking to all that, like, everybody was happy. So how many of those people now are going to tune in, like you're saying, to Canelo and Triple G? Maybe it helps those pay-per-view numbers. Like, oh, that's what boxing's about. Maybe people who never <laughs> tuned in before, you know, maybe, maybe because Floyd bit the bullet and came forward and wasn't so defensive, maybe he helped, you know, bring more people to the sport.
3: Now, it could have been bad for boxing. I don't know if you were listening to our show earlier. I I think you said you might have been. But some of the judges, uh, uh, Guido Cavalieri, had an 89-81 Mayweather, which is just absolutely absurd. There was times when Mayweather wasn't even throwing punches. I had an 86-84, but I gave uh, Floyd a 10-8 round in round nine. Burt Clement had an 89-82 Mayweather. The only one that was close to yeah. the way I scored it was Dave Moretti. So if that thing goes the distance and those scores come out, that would have been bad for boxing because then it looks like that a fix is bad. in. I, I mean, totally there,
2: I thought, could Connor win like the first three or four rounds?
3: I, I had Connor win in the first three rounds, and then I had Mayweather win in the next four, Connor win in uh, round eight, and then I had a 10 8 round Mayweather where McGregor just stopped throwing and then, it, you know, it, it ends in the round 10. He was,
2: he was exhausted exactly he was he was done i tell you like we were cracking up though because there were a lot of times that floyd would get like he was hitting floyd on top of the head
3: oh yeah the hammer punches
2: Uh, and we're like okay you don't you don't get the and that's why i kind of was saying in the beginning i don't want to say it was scripted because that's the wrong word to use but like come on man like no, you're not going to take a point for that because if I was in the ring and some guy did that to me, I'd be right. like, "Hey, he's hit me!" You know, like I mean, there comes a point, like so, th- like that part of it, like I think a lot of it was discussed before and like played out, and you didn't really see Floyd complaining about it. Correct. But, I mean, that was kind of like, "Okay, he's hitting on top of the head," like he can- and it was behind him hitting him too. I think they let a lot of stuff slide. Keep it entertaining.
3: Well, we have to grab dinner soon, my friend. I'm I'm glad that uh, yeah, I got
2: I got, I, I got your program. I appreciate I that. <laughs>
3: I, so. appre- I appreciate that, my man. And then thanks for uh, hopping in here and uh, sharing the thoughts of how Vegas was. We would greatly appreciate it. No problem. All right, thank you. That's Scotty Buck, our good friend, who is in Las Vegas for the event. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think his legacy is going to be? Because uh, he he's done.
1: Okay, for me, and I, I don't know if this is what's going to be, but for me, um, I don't care how good of a boxer he was. I don't care that he was fifteen and zero. For me, his legacy is that he was a domestic abuser, and he should only ever be remembered for that. Okay, and he should not like should not be put in any hall of fames. Should not be put up there with the greats because. I'm sorry you do something like that, you do something that shitty. I think your legacy should just go away. Okay. Cuz that is just you should, never.
3: No. Never ever ever. No, that's that's fair. Uh Rochelle, what will uh, Mayweather's legacy be?
5: Honestly, I mean maybe his backstory and how he got as far as he did. Okay
3: coming from nothing in Grand Rapids and
5: mm-hmm.
3: having a dad in jail when he when he needed him most, being raised by a grandmother and stuff like that. that, yeah. that and, and coming from nothing to having everything. More money than anything. I did say that I owed somebody an apology. We got to do a quick shift here really quick to MMA. Um, I'm going to give an apology to a guy that if you would have told me when we started this show four years ago, I would have I I would have said the odds were five thousand to one that I would ever give this guy an apology, but I am going to give an apology to Daniel Cormier, uh, a guy that I don't particularly like, and uh, but I'm going to apologize because, uh, you know what, John Jones once again has let let me down. As a fan of MMA testing for a substance that hides steroids, something that's not even been used in quite some time, I guess was used in in, in Germany to hide steroids. Mm. But it came mm. in his system. And uh, Dana White said it best on Sports Center is the shame of it all is that John Jones would have won all these fights, no matter what, without steroids. And Mm. I, I, you reach a point where you know you got to cut ties with somebody. I, I, I'm done with John Jones. I, I wish him the best of luck. I, I hope uh, he gets his life on track. But here is a guy who had been given now so many opportunities, and Four. Four. um, in a, a sport where somebody can die. In a sport where somebody can get seriously injured, uh, steroids is is the one that I frown on more than anything, just because of what it can mean to the health of the other person. So the cocaine, we laughed about it. Uh, Cody was in the studio and I, and I said, you know what? I'm glad he's he's battled those personal demons. That one I can get over. The Viagra, erectile dysfunction, get over it. Mm. Steroids, when you can personally f- end somebody's life mm-hmm. or have an advantage over them in a combat sport, that one I cannot get over. It's sad because John Jones was and probably still is the greatest of all time, even with this on his record. And so I do owe an apology to Daniel Cormier, who I've been hard on for a long time, because Daniel Cormier said he was on steroids during media week. Yeah. And knew, said where there was smoke, there was fire. Yeah. Jones took off his shirt and says, does it look like he was? It, it didn't look like he was on steroids. Mm-hmm. But um, nonetheless, he tests for something to hide steroids. Yeah. I don't know why you would take something like that unless you, you are, are on, on steroids. steroids. Yeah, exactly. And so what a disappointing story. Now, the now – the, the, and, the old, and, 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 and who called it? You. I called it. You called it. Daniel Cormier called it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll start we're rooting for DC now and uh, – Uh, Obviously, stripped of his titles, they're going to test the B sample, but I'll let you you in on a secret. The A sample (laughs) uh, doesn't pass. Guess what? The B sample doesn't typically pass. pass. Dana White also said that they are not quick to release these kind of things because of the liability. So he was 99.9% sure that Jones did something wrong. And you can play the game that I don't know what a trainer was giving me, but... At the same time, when you're an athlete, you have to be aware of everything that's going in your body. So no matter what excuse comes out of Jones's camp, it is an unacceptable excuse, especially when it involves people's health and well-being. That being said, I don't want to see Jones fighting in the octagon. I think he's probably done anyway. He's probably going to do pro wrestling or something. But Mike Tyson probably had one of the worst stories going on in the early 90s. And he turned out to be a very productive individual in society. John Jones has an opportunity to turn it around and be a good human being. And so let's root for John Jones to become a good human being. But as for cheating in the UFC, done with it. Just fucking done. And that's a shame because he's yeah. my favorite fucking fighter. Now now my favorite UFC fighter is Cody Stamen. You happy, Cody? That's how you win it. That's how you win it. Uh, Cody's always been my favorite. Even before he wasn't in the UFC. What a kiss up. What a kiss up. <laughs> Cody Stamen will be joining us next week. Uh, we're going to cut the show uh, short now. Oh, are we? Yeah, because uh, she's got to go back and listen to an uh, old episode here. Um, but we want to thank everybody for joining our recap. Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for uh, always uh hosting the show with me I, I I'm just oh yeah before
1: before we end the show because i didn't know we were going to end early and I oh, want to talk uh, talk about this um i you have to be under a rock not to know this is going on right now, but uh the flooding in Houston and in Texas is just absolutely uh insane uh, just a quick uh, little thing uh hurricane Katrina um, It dumped 6.5 trillion gallons of water uh, on Louisiana and on New Orleans. Harvey has already dumped 14 to 15 trillion gallons, and they're expecting another 5 trillion uh, additional gallons. So anything you can do to help these people, I mean, this is a a natural disaster the likes of which we haven't seen ever. Like, this is far beyond Katrina. So if you... Can donate if you can, you know, if your church has something, um, donate to the Red Cross. Um, I know that there's give a lot blood. of Even give if, blood. Yeah, right. give blood. Uh, I know there's a lot of National Guard units that are gearing up to go down relief efforts. FEMA. Contact somebody, contact somebody, contact somebody from FEMA, whatever. I mean, we all need to pitch in and uh, and, and help these people because it is just absolutely devastating what's happening right now and it's not over it's still going on and it's not going to be over for several days and then the <sighs> cleanup the destruction of everything uh after this is just going to be massive so. <clears throat>
5: yeah well, i was yeah, um my friend she's a nurse and
1: yes that is a
5: there is a an agency that's looking for mm-hmm. nurses down RNs. Uh, mm-hmm. or lpn oh they
1: okay i saw and one for, just
3: looking for volunteers yes too.
5: um it's uh, Meridian, and the phone number is area code three zero three seven three zero three 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 three. They're only asking for five shifts, and they don't have to be all in a row. Right. Um, but they'll pay for your expense uh, of your travel and your hotel.
2: So.
3: Yep. Absolutely, and uh, you know if after the last five weeks we've had in the United States of, uh, the media dividing us, politicians dividing us, um, maybe not good people dividing us. It's, it is nice to see regardless of race, regardless of age, regardless of location, us coming together and being a good country, like we can be a good country for when people need help. And so, you know, after the five turbulent weeks we've had as a nation, Um, this is an opportunity to show the world that we are still a great country and we do care for our own. So good point, Jimmy. Yep, absolutely. All right, we will sign off. We will see you guys next Tuesday. It's episode 251. 251. You're listening to The Undercard, hand
2: combat radio.